I'm Marcy Lundy. Today is Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. And this is the Cult of Kindness podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have a guest on that is very passionate. And uh, as I told him before we started, I love his heart. Uh, I want to welcome y'all to, or welcome you, Dr. George, to the Cult of Kindness podcast. Thank you and your viewers. Uh, first, more importantly, is uh, just honor to meet you and to have this time together. It's very important as we get into uh, awareness in my journey and my mother that we really you know, thank your audience because we have to reach those who are not just with Parkinson's and those who aren't just caretaking for Parkinson's, but we have to reach the whole world. And uh, you know, we're in some historic times now that I hope we'll get to. And again, thank you and your viewers for your time. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, so Dr. George Ackerman is the founder of Together for Sharon. And as the Cult of Kindness podcast is all about paying it forward in love, George's mission is particularly special. So George, if you could tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about Together for Sharon. I love the name of your show. That's kind of what I think people you know, uh, sometimes they look at me like I'm losing my marbles because I uh, <laughs> just want to help people. I don't accept money. We don't, I do this all voluntary. So I spend a lot of hours. There's a lot of time I don't sleep because I'm thinking about what my mother and I went through with Parkinson's disease, but there's so many out there still struggling. So unfortunately it's too late for my family, but it's not for everyone else. And that really mm -hmm. to me is what kindness is about. But I, my mother unfortunately passed on 1 1 2020 due to Parkinson's disease and dementia. She had it for approximately you know, 15 years. It uh, didn't affect her life as being a strong, independent woman. She lived alone. She raised me, and I always credit her. I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't for her sacrifices. But the last four years of her life, it's kind of some reason caught up. She had gone to a special program. And uh, I think they might have uh, changed her medicine too drastically, but to this day, I'll never know. And that day uh, uh, she came back, I was called at 4 a.m. to rush over to her house. And I found her moving her furniture out of her home, thinking somebody was inside that was going to harm her. And that's when the demen uh, dementia set in. A lot of time, Parkinson's is important to discuss because it's different for every person. So my mother ended up getting dementia. A lot of people do not. They also say you can live with Parkinson's, uh, you know, for a long time. You don't die of it. You die with it. But my mother mm -hmm. didn't have any other medical issues. So uh, that was the start of really, unfortunately, me getting thrown in like the wolves to the world of caretaking. Uh, I wouldn't mm -hmm. change anything. I don't I always dreamt to make sure I just don't regret missing out on something. And, you mm -hmm. know, I know I tried everything. And even today, uh, 2024, we have so much more knowledge, research, and uh, progress to finding a cure. And, uh, you know, that's uh, my goal is, again, I won't rest literally till we find a cure for everybody else. Mm, thank you for that work. And I just, first, I'm thinking of Parkinson's is challenging, and then adding the aspect of dementia. Uh, were you her sole caregiver? Yeah, I kind of didn't have a choice, but I was up for the choice. You know, uh, my father and mother were divorced. He lived in New York. I have a brother, but he wasn't able to care for her. And I just had, obviously, to step up and uh, 
I was always kind of took care of her before this anyway. I always look yeah. back and wonder, I'm actually writing my book, finished it actually hopefully soon, but it's about her journey and mine as caretaker. But I always think back when I was writing, wonder either she didn't really understand fully grasp what Parkinson's was or that just no one really knew at that point. Because mm -hmm. I uh, now today I'm finding that you can do a lot of things. Uh, Parkinson's is a movement disorder. It affects the neurodegenerative, affects the brain. So it kind of slowly, progressively takes over. Uh, also, a lot of people, like I said, are just treated uh, in a weird way differently. Some have, my mother didn't have the external tremors like Michael J. Fox, the famous actor, does from the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Ironically, right. not to get off topic, but I'm meeting him in February 2nd. So that's oh. been like a, uh, been a lifelong dream to meet Michael J. Fox because he started the Michael J. Fox Foundation. And he's yes. just really changing the world for awareness. He didn't have to do that. There are other actors, unfortunately, who just, you know, and I respect them. They want to be private and quiet. Right. But if we don't all speak up like anything, you know, you're never going to bring change. Uh, um, so yeah. some of the symptoms for Parkinson's also, again, the tremors, uh, rigidity, so muscle stiffness, uh, bradykinesia, and also instability. And the scary thing is if you, you never want someone to fall, because that's when, you know, you start going downward. My mother just had a little less use of her left arm, like it was stiff, but she was still able to you know, function. But again, towards that, when we hit that four years, everything kind of went down. Hill. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, first, that's incredible to be able to meet Michael J. Fox. Um, I saw his documentary, I want to say maybe in the fall. Oh, sure. yeah. yeah. And it's amazing how open and raw he is about showing you know the ups and the downs and it's such an eye-opener so you know thank goodness for people like him as well as you that bring that to our attention and uh correct me if i'm wrong but parkinson's unfortunately doesn't have a cure right not yet and that's uh something i was excited today because just like we were speaking earlier uh, <laughs> the, the it's famous to me, but there's a bill that we've never had anything. And I don't know why for Parkinson's disease in the U.S. Well, right. last December, just a month ago, they finally passed the first bill in U.S. history called the National Plan to End Parkinson's Disease. And oh. I was lucky enough to be asked by Michael. Everybody was involved. So the nice thing is moving forward, it passed the House, but it still has to go to the Senate. So your listeners, you and me yeah. can all contact our senators and tell them, demand that we're you know we're strapped for time because people are mm -hmm. suffering that they can actually call their local uh, their center and say i want to support or I want you to support the end uh parkinson's bill national plan it's going to dramatically increase uh federal funding for research mm -hmm. it's going to also help develop pathways for treatment it's going to improve early diagnosis which is important because if there are people who are actually misdiagnosed which that's very bad mm -hmm. they can be given the wrong medicines also, yeah. it'll spark new models for patient care, create standards to prevent Parkinson's, address inequality in health and treatment throughout the U.S., and finally, again, awareness. So I was really honored to speak to one of the uh, representatives, Paul Tonka. Uh, I think he's a Democrat from New York, and the, uh, he, he was one of the main sponsors of the bill. So that'll be coming out a podcast soon. But it was, uh, you know, it's just great to see other people out there fighting and, uh, you know, he didn't have anyone in his family affected by it, but he has friends, mm -hmm. 
constituents and just honestly speaking to you here live we're actually you know going through history so next year i'm praying it'll pass and then you know it's going to change the world for people who have been diagnosed with parkinson's caretakers yeah. and for scientists trying to find the cure that we don't have right now oh that's beautiful congratulations thanks yeah it's too late unfortunately like i said from me and my family but i never mm -hmm. know if i can get it you know we don't know to this day why people get it they think it could be not really genetics but maybe uh from the pesticides and the things that are sprayed in our homes oh my, my mother God. had a and my mother had a nice home but she really didn't yeah. keep up with it and it had mold had bugs you know termites and who knows 10 15 years ago what they sprayed in the home so uh, yeah. I, I really am a strong believer also it helps to have good uh, exercise is very important nutrition not just for Parkinson's for everyone, but you have to do at least 40 minutes of exercise a day. It'll slow down the progression of the disease and that really is important. Exactly. Uh, as her caregiver, uh, what did you do to help yourself uh, when dealing with something that's so emotionally taxing? Yeah, that's funny because we uh, don't, I always want to concentrate too much on my mom that we forgot, forget about me, the caretaker. I was shocked to point out, and I'll be speaking at a summit, but it's really on the topic of male caregivers, and I didn't even realize that there's no, either there's no male caregivers or they're just really shy or quiet. But <laughs> I'm not. You know, my mother was my best friend. I always oh. say my mom, mama's boy. I used to call her seven times a day. She was the oh. first person, you know, when I met my wife, told her about when there was <laughs> the thing that 9/11. I'm from New York. When that happened, I called her first. Uh, mm. You know, it's everything we called her first. So it's. You know, even today, it's tough. She uh, raised me on music like Bar Barry Manilow, Kenny G, and Lionel Richie. Okay. And I decided just a few months ago, <laughs> we saw Lionel Richie live here in Florida. And mm -hmm. then I had so much fun that I, you know, wanted to call my mother and tell her about it. And again, unfortunately, I couldn't. So, you know, we just continue to push on. Uh, never forget her. But I've learned, uh, you know, I meet people like you and your audience become like family. I don't think this is just a podcast. And then put on the shelf and goodbye. I think this becomes more than that. My career before the advocating uh, advocacy was, uh, I was a, a lawyer, prosecutor, worked there, then I became a police officer, and then I did my PhD. My dissertation was actually on aiding African-American mothers who lost their loved one due to murder in West Palm Beach, Florida. A lot of the mm -hmm. time, the criminal justice system everywhere in the U.S. forgets about the family members. So, uh, you know, I dedicated my life to victims, but I kind of correlate, you know, victims being Parkinson's patients and caregivers, because until last year or this year, and we still haven't had it passed, there's been nothing really to support them in the United States. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just tragic. It is. You know, in so, December, I was talking, pardon me, a, a lot about uh, the gift of paying it forward in love and the gift of you know, receiving through your giving and just hearing how much you've done for the community, your heart is really just dedicated to helping. That's beautiful. Thanks. And one more funny, we do a lot of uh, walks for Parkinson's where we'll, we'll raise money, but it goes to the, uh, either the Michael J. Fox Foundation, the American Parkinson's Disease Association or Parkinson's Foundation. So it's great because I don't have to deal with all the money and stuff. So, you know, we we actually donated about 8000 but we've done, we've raised about $13,000 in three years, four years. 
and it all went right. It goes to programs and helping for awareness. But we'll have uh, we'll go to a walk or two this year. I'm finally going to our first uh, event with Michael J. Fox in Florida. They don't mm-hmm. come a lot, unfortunately. But uh, so we'll have a table, and it's just me and my mother's story, and we're just we don't want anything. We're not selling anything, and there'll be yeah, a lot of yeah. pharmaceutical companies around me. So people walk by, and they're kind of timid and scared to come over because <laughs> they think they think we're selling something. But then yeah. you know, I had one gentleman who realized what we're doing came over and he started crying and thanked us and mm-hmm. you know i don't want anything in return but a cure but that was like you know really uh felt like the kindness was coming through there i feel like i should be saying kindness on all our talk because that's a really important word that no one really i've done a lot of these no one's used the word kindness except yeah that's beautiful and i love that uh you just give away the bracelets uh you yeah. refuse to accept cash that's beautiful yeah, we used to do more of it. We kind of stopped just because I paid for everything. It was getting costly. But we do do it at the live events, but I don't really send them anywhere because I was getting uh, requests around the world and it was just too expensive. Oh, wow. When my mother passed away, we didn't. I was shocked. I didn't even expect it. So my mm-hmm. wife and I decided, why not make a few, like 20 bands, give it to people who attend the funeral. Well, my At the time, he wasn't, but my brother-in-law now, he took mm-hmm. a picture with the band and didn't have his face so it's just his hand in the band and mm-hmm. as a lawyer and a cop i'm like well why don't i do this but not put my face in because people like privacy so i would go to like disney world i go to the basketball court anywhere i went i would just have the band and it was basically showing them my, my mother was still with me somehow it went viral yeah, it went viral and willie geist's wife from nbc wore it people like big it was just amazing and Luckily, it died down because, again, it got very expensive, but uh, you know, it was a great experience. And that was what started together for Sharon.com. And uh, today, it's just become, I thought a few people would look at it. And now we've had like over 20,000, 30,000 people like following. And I don't even know how or why, but it's definitely, you know, a great uh, feeling. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that when people, even something as simple as, raising your wrist and having this ban on people really appreciate that because in this world you know the things we're dealing with these days people question is humanity still existing and it's simple acts like that that give people hope and they're so happy to be a part of you mentioned earlier what it does to the caretaker and i just have i mean it brings not just for the caretaker. I mean, I, in a way, I felt like I also had secondary Parkinson's. Obviously, I didn't have what was going on, but I went through, you know, horrific things from uh, depression to difficulty where my mother, she was having trouble speaking, you know, walking. She went from being a person who liked to walk to a cane, from a cane to a walker, from a walker to a, a wheelchair, from a wheelchair to bed down. And it, seeing that is just, you know, I would felt burnt out, stressed. I couldn't see my children and wife. Thankfully, I had a very supportive uh, wife even today. She's amazing. But sleep problems. Uh, my mother had a lot of pain, fatigue, even a big, we can have a whole podcast on stomach issues. And all those yeah. things kind of, you know, they kind of transferred to me. But then I had, you know, gastric uh, uh, acid reflux and things cause from stress. So, you know, it's not like the caretaker just having a grand old time but you know you fight you have your own fight you have your own struggle but you know the worst thing was holding my mother's hand and not being able to tell her when she'll if she'll be able to be there for my daughter's you know wedding and even talking you know i'm 6'2 200 pounds in law enforcement 
but talking about this sometimes uh, is very still tough, even though it's been four years. I think a lot of my grieving is still being done through talking with you, through uh, sure. something else. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of things uh, that make me push me to continue. And there are about a, 1 million people in the U.S. with Parkinson's. And I only discovered a few months ago last year, there's about 10 million people around the world with Parkinson's. So I decided, you know, thinking about Together for Sharon, it wasn't about just me and my mother anymore. It was about everybody. So what I decided to embark on was my own journey. And I was able, thankfully, somehow, with, you know, perseverance, never giving up. I've interviewed four or 500 people around the world from Italy, France, Spain, Iceland, India, Africa, uh, you name it. I've done it. Australia. And those people either were diagnosed or they were the foundations for awareness or scientists. I met with some of the top researchers in the world to discuss uh, Parkinson's. And the, my exciting thing every day is if you go to Together for Sharon and you just yeah. go, you can click interviews and you scroll down, you'll see a picture here. But every day a new story comes up of a new person that I interviewed. And this story mm -hmm. was, a, she just wrote a book on Parkinson's on High intensity exercise and managing and reducing Parkinson, and that's uh, Christine Meldrum. So if you, you know, I had somebody. It's funny the other day. I didn't imagine that he's like, I spent ten hours on your website. I'm like, oh. I, I want you to, I want you to read it, but don't spend your whole day. But it was really, a, you know, beautiful. It was beautiful because uh, you know people need to know that number one, they're never alone. Because I felt yeah. alone. Number two, there are others out there. Uh, and even your viewers, if they have Parkinson's, I share their journeys for free. Again, I, people, again, are shocked that you could be kind and do it. But everything is complete. For, I probably put in 4,000 hours, but it just meant the world to me. And now we're going to probably put that in a book, too. So there's a lot of big things coming in the future. Uh, again, it's just uh, it's a, such a need out there. I've never I did a lot of research, too. And I didn't see any books on, you know, a son who lost a mother to Parkinson's. So I decided to, I had kept a journal. It was very intimate, dark and sad and positive, but of every day the last year of my mother's life. So I uh, retold that in a, in a book and not supposed to talk about it, but I'm you know really excited. I really feel in the next few months it'll be out. Oh, wow. So the book is based on your journal entries? My goodness. Yeah, it's a, a mixture. It's really about my mother, so her life, what she did for her sacrifices. And then my life uh, journey with as her caretaker, but weaved within it, it's going to be memories, you know, uh, hopefully many pictures of my mother and I through the years before Parkinson. It also have a chapter on advocacy like we're doing and what I'm planning for the future and how everyone can get involved and not just the, uh, it's just incredible. A lot of movements, you know, you just read about, you can't do anything right now. Again, they, all your viewers and you, can be part of history literally and it's i have nothing to do it's just incredible timing and uh there's just you know there's also a lot of things people with parkinson's can go into trials they, there's a lot of volunteers needed because the more trials and things we do the closer we are to a cure and uh there's just uh you know again we don't have the time there's so many uh areas you know that we can discuss and i'm no expert at my phd again is in criminal justice but when you go through all this some of the toughest things is really uh, coping, you know, coping with it. And, uh, you know, even my uh, individuals, uh, the mothers I interviewed when I was doing my dissertation on family members of homicide victims, uh, my big question was, how did they cope? A lot of them believed in faith, and uh, that was how they were able to reintegrate them back, uh, themselves back into society. 
But if you don't have that strong, strong support, people like you in my life, I don't think I would really make it. So again, I know I thank you, but I'm grateful again for our time today. Yes, my goodness, absolutely. Uh, speaking of the bracelet a few minutes ago, personally, I definitely want to get one and I want to share that. And can you please tell the Cult of Kindness audience where they can get the bracelets? Yeah, like I said, unfortunately, I tried to stop it just because it's expensive. But for you, of course, you'll get one. <laughs> All you have to do is send me an email to togetherforsharon at gmail.com. If you look at togetherforsharon.com, you'll see it. But again, it uh, I don't want to ask for money. So each flight costs, you know, from 5 to $10. And after you take like a 1,000 people, it gets costly. But I do. It's nice when people, you know, will donate on my mother's memory and her memory to these foundations, not to me. One time I always tell the story. Someone at a walk gave me five dollars. I said, look, I, I don't want it. Not why I'm here. So they wouldn't take it back. So I rushed home after the walk. I donated to the Parkinson's Foundation, got a receipt, send it to him. So, you know, oh. again, uh, we're not in this for money. And it's yeah. sad again in 2024. You must have a lot of great, uh, you know, uh, guests, but I don't know how many of them have this trouble, but sometimes I feel like I'm struggling to explain that I don't want anything in return. And yeah. it's sad in 2024, I guess, unfortunately, we've had some bad people with scans and this and that. But the cool thing is, again, I'm not asking for anything. So I, I have to, it's a struggle constantly when I tell someone I want to share your journey, I want nothing in return. The people who do do it are in heaven and we become friends, family. People who don't, are, you know, it's kind of uh, sad. And I always say, uh, the only journey that breaks my heart is the one that I don't know about. So. Mm, wow. I love that. Yeah, it's funny and sad because yeah. people always say, well, what's the gimmick? You know, right. uh, I know I'll have to pay somewhere down the line. It's like, no, yeah. <laughs> it, it's I, it's from. Yeah, the nice thing is if you or your audience go to, to I'm sure you already checked it out but if you go to togetherforsharon.com you'll yes. uh, be able to see all the interviews there's no nowhere on here does it say you know if you have to pay here we don't do that you'll see uh, about us so you'll see our story uh, and actually something exciting too just uh, started is i'm actually so i'm in a weird place as well uh, i don't have parkinson's and i'm not currently a caretaker with a person alive so what I did is, again, I, I researched a lot. I looked because I needed support. I wanted a group where I can go and meet other people. Well, I, there was nothing because I went to a few and they were for people who had Parkinson's you know, living. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't going to yeah. go there and talk about wills and then the light. I don't want to, you know, have everyone crying. So thankfully, yeah. there, uh, there's an organization called PSP and they do awareness. And they've actually, and it's, again, it's all free. They don't pay me. But next month, February, the, I'm excited to say, the first time we're offering my own support group. It's also offered throughout the whole world on Zoom. It's private, confidential, will not be taped, so it won't exist really. And it's for anybody, not just for parts, for anyone who's lost a loved one due to some type of disease. It could be dementia, Parkinson's, cancer. Uh, you know, there's so many, unfortunately, out there. I just wanted a safe place for people for free to join us. And you can go on to... Uh, together for Sharon, you click uh, about us in the support group. They just added it today. I, did, I was surprised I saw it. Uh, and that's there. Also, our story is there. Uh, more about the national plan, you know, the act for Parkinson. And then mm -hmm. we also have people who have made artwork. I don't know. They're so amazing. They mm -hmm. send me artwork from my mother. We have mm -hmm. interviews. 
donated and it's getting too big for me. And I also <laughs> want to make sure everybody knows that together for Sharon is just me. It's no one it's like people think we're a corporation. It's not it's not a foundation. I wanted it just to be me and just a web. I didn't want to turn into a foundation because again it's really just a, I'm a son who lost a mother who is mm -hmm. my best friend. And that's all it is. We don't again want money. We don't nothing else but a cure. Uh, I wish I had a cure for my mother. You know, that's a thing that haunts me all the time is, you know, looking your any loved one or friend in the face and not being able to assure them. Uh, you know, I never lied to her. I never told her the wrong thing. I just said, I don't know. And, mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't a day or a moment or a second that I didn't try. And we tried everything. We tried uh, caretakers because I couldn't be there 24-7. We moved her closer. We even bought a new house, which I'm in now. We have a room for her. Unfortunately, she didn't make it. We tried medical licensed marijuana, which was a whole, I could write a book on that because I'm a cop. So I was petrified, I was even yeah. though it was legal. <laughs> I thought there were video cameras everywhere. I'm like, there's nothing. Yeah. So I, you know, I wanted to help her and she was in pain. So I would have done anything legal. But, yeah. uh, you know, those are the things that kind of still, unfortunately, you know, harm me today. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, as I was just doing research um, before the episode, I found myself thinking, and it's fine to cry, but I was like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to get through it without crying? I don't yeah. want you to. I kind of bring some positive in this darkness. Uh, again, I met, I'm meeting you again, I hope. And also, if you ever have your, you want to share your journey and your show, I would like, it's just, a, I email you something if you send me after anyone out there listening, I would share their journey. It doesn't have to be Parkinson. And, uh, you know, but again, the people, the 500 I've met, the people, I, we just started our own little podcast. It's every third Thursday. And it's the first one ever. I keep saying that, but it's true. You can go research it there. I have never seen a podcast where it brings a caretaker with people who have Parkinson's. So it's three people I've become very close with who are really big on social media. All three of them have Parkinson's disease and they have, it's called early onset. So they're only in their forties, like almost my age, but they yeah. have to live with part. So, um, and then there's none as me, the caretaker. So we get yeah. on like we're doing, we just have a fun time and talk, but it's like, uh, you know, we're starting new things that are changing the world and, Again, it's just a time to have a conversation like we're doing, but with people who are actually going through it. It's uh, not easy, you know, because I'm the caretaker, but I'm going to be a, a realist. It doesn't mean I won't get Parkinson someday or sadly even your listeners. But, you know, mm -hmm. we, we try to, again, the message is the positive one that there, you know, this is there are positives that come from this. You know, you may don't ever feel like you're alone. Don't stay home. You have the computer now. Go to Together for Sharon. I list all, when I was going through this, I was so lost. So I put all mm -hmm. the big organizations from Michael J. Fox to, I don't know if you're a basketball fan, but there's a yeah. famous NBA player named Brian Grant who used yeah. to play for the, he has Parkinson's and he's still young. Mm -hmm. so they have the yeah. Brian Grant Brian Grant Foundation. And so mm -hmm. I listed all, all like 40 or 50. I even have uh, organizations, again, from the, around the world, Parkinson's UK, Parkinson's Canada, unfortunately, it's everywhere, Australia. So you can just go to the website again for free and you can, you know, research it. Everybody's right there. And, uh, you know, it's just another resource for people that's free, completely free. Absolutely. And I think it's beautiful that you started a podcast to continue the right. conversation. I'm not an expert like you are with your podcast, but <laughs> you know, I'm trying. I just, uh, 
I like the interviews that I did. A lot of them, it's just email. So I'll send the interview, they'll send it back. I'll put all the magic and I have a web team that makes it come to life. That was easier because, again, it's just me. So to handle 500 people is not easy. What I love about podcasts is you get to see the person, you get to hear them, and you yes. get to realize they're human beings. And I don't have that with my interviews because, uh, you know, they were just uh, on the email. Uh, yes. You know, of course, you see a picture, but it's not the same. The only problem with podcasts, as you know, is the scheduling and the time, and it's not yeah. an easy thing. But when I find when I'm doing it, I love it. And then when I'm done, I feel like uh, – I don't know if it's butterflies, like when you meet your loved one, no. but I yeah. get a great, great feeling like we just did something amazing. Oh, um, I love podcasts, and it's nice everybody can start their own, but mine's always going to be kind of homegrown, small. Uh, and luckily, I have a beautiful team that puts an intro and, you know, conclusion, but they'll make it kind of look cool. Like I had them, if you ever have time, <laughs> check it out. At the end of it, no one ever stays for the ending for movies, but I have actual like credits, like a movie. Oh, I <laughs> love so, it. <laughs> so anyway but yeah you know we have a, i have a, a few pod it's like a, becoming our own channel but i have the together for sharon podcast where it's actually my wife and i so now you have the female perspective so she's yeah. amazing yeah, she was my mother's caretaker too so it's mm -hmm. cool because we have you know we interview people but she'll speak a lot and it's just uh, i love listening to them all talking too so then i have uh, a q a with sharon's son which is just me and the people in the community. And I interview them about their book that they released or like the congressman today. And then mm -hmm. I have the, uh, as unscripted with my friends who have Parkinson, but I always, again, like to do other shows like yours, because again, I might reach people in the community, but again, we'll never find a cure. It's horrible to say it unless we get everyone in the world in on this. And again, it's, I've always been told we have to keep pushing home that it's so urgent. Because we sit here and we sign off later, we go back to our lives, there are people who are really, you know, suffering. They can't eat, can't sleep, they can't even live, they can't enjoy their own family's uh, memories because of this disease. And I find that, again, I feel that we could definitely have a cure soon. As you can see with COVID, you know, they were able to miraculously not find a cure, but find a vaccine. I really feel in my heart that we could have already cured this. My mother would have been sitting next to me and you know, it didn't happen, but that's that's what it is. Yes, and it, and we have to do the work. I and something that I think is so important is uh, a lot of times my husband and I will talk about people don't really become passionate about something until it affects them. Yeah. And just hearing your story and what you've done throughout life, you've been someone that becomes involved regardless, and that says so much about your character. I think it's important too, uh, to be honest. So I want to tackle tough topics. It started a blog. I feel like I'm telling it just happened to all happen. A uh, young uh, lady, I became young, not young. I like to call everyone young woman, but she, <laughs> a lot, ironically, we became friends on Facebook and I have every social media. So anyone listening to five, I don't know how I got into all that, but we have everything under together at the Sharon.com. You scroll down, you'll see them all. But uh, her name is Betsy. And some reason she found me. She actually, her husband passed away with Alzheimer's the identical day my mother passed away from Parkinson's. So I don't know how, uh, it's like crazy that we found each other, but she's become like a mentor. So we just started our uh, George and Betsy's blog where every month we're going to tackle tough topics. This month mm -hmm. we're uh, tackling, I think it was uh, Death with Dignity. 
Uh, unfortunately, the last seven, Florida doesn't have that act. Some states do. I'm not sure what, what state are you in? I'm in Colorado. Yeah, I'm not sure about the laws there. But my mother, you know, she was very sick. But she, the last seven days of her life, she didn't even do it. She just had a heartbeat. She didn't, she wasn't able to communicate. She didn't even eat. She didn't drink. It was just horrific. And I would have used something like we didn't have it. So me and Betsy are going to talk about tough topics, which people won't like end of life. Next month, we're talking about medical marijuana license. Then we're going to talk about will. So it's just a blog. But, you know, it's another thing that just gives people an opportunity to read and hear it from us who have been through this. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, George, I would love to work with you, uh, you know, past this podcast. I just I'm so impressed with all the work that you're doing. And I definitely love would love to be a part of it as well. I would love to continue this. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of so many uh, issues out there, but this, you know, brings people together. It's just, I mean, like I said, sitting here talking and when you talk, I could think of 400 more topics. Because <laughs> I'm a big person too, even with, uh, you know, being everyone, every culture, race, being able to have access to these types of uh, medicines. It's not fair if one uh, individual due to their population or geographic location can get medicine and others don't. One of yeah. the touching stories, I did an article, obviously it's not here, we can't do much, but we can bring awareness. It's, uh, it's called Parkinson's Africa. And I made a few friends there. They have a tough time. They think if you have a Parkinson's that you're, uh, it's witchcraft. So that's oh, a stigma. Yeah. That's a stigma that needs to be re removed because the people can't get you know medicine. They can't get help because of that so by us talking about it by me doing a story i made a friends with some of the people from the organization and you know just talking about it today someone might learn about them and donate so just amazing there's so many organizations that need help again my big pitch again is that i don't want anything go help the other or you know everyone else uh but there's just so many stories that you just i wish we could have the time but you can all find them on together for wonderful well george Thank you so much for your selfless work, uh, your sense of connecting with others and continuing the mission. It's so important. And, you know, th that is what Cult of Kindness is about, just all of us coming together and making a difference. And you're really doing that. Thank you. I really appreciate you and the audience too. And again, I hope this is continues on to the future. I do have one little thing I always say at the end, if it, we're wrapped up, uh, this is coming from me, but I would say we, I don't know, it's me and my wife, but we love you. We support you. We care about you and you're never alone. I'll advocate for you. And together, as you know, our voices are so much stronger. And, uh, and I always say this, uh, it's not true, but I love to say it, but, and I'm just getting started. So, you know, this is not going to end here i'm just going to keep fighting i'm going to spend a lot of sleepless nights but until we get that bill passed until we get the uh you know the law and the president to sign it and until we finally find a cure that my job's not done i always ask my daughter she's only 11 now is she going to continue together for sharon.com on and then i before i think about it i'm like wait a minute i don't want it to continue on you know i want it to have a cure and be able to end it all and obviously i'll still have it up for my mother and me but it just, uh, it's tough knowing, again, everybody out there. And we have other issues, other diseases, and that's why I also try to now shed light on others. It's not just about Parkinson's. I wish we could end everything, but 
being on a show with a, one of the words, keywords is kindness is unique, rare, and important to me. And it's the first time, again, I've been on a show with the word kindness in it. And I just wish everybody, you know, would be kind to one another, whether it's here, there, or anywhere. It's just, you know, if we all work together, we all support each other, even strangers, and the world will be a better place. So again, I want to thank you and your listeners. And again, I consider you a family. And thank you so much for the uh, time today. Thank you. Oh, of course, George, it's beautiful. Uh, I am almost lost for words. It's just, I really appreciate the work you're doing in your heart. It's it's inspired me to do even more. So just a big thank you to you. Thank you too. And for all you do, I appreciate it. All right, all, please visit togetherforsharon.com and learn more about George and his mission and his story and become a part of making a difference on a greater level. All right, I love you all. Thank you, George. Take care.